All right. Well, welcome back to the Sustainable Wellness Podcast. It's been a minute. I feel like I say that every time I do a recording. My goal is to do these more regularly. I certainly hope so. I always have ideas flowing. It's just hard sometimes to find a time to record when the stars are aligned and there's nobody in this house, which there is right now. And if you are watching this on YouTube, the lighting isn't as good because I've got like my desk lamp on and like the light behind me. So it's not the best, but I'm trying to get this done before it gets too dark. The dogs are calm. I know they were like barking last episode. So like the dogs are calm. My husband and my child are out. So hopefully we'll get this done before any of that happens in the background. Like I feel like it inevitably does. So this episode is all, all going to be about supplements, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Before I get into that, I do want to do a shameless plug for my coaching program, Sustainable Strength and Nutrition. It is one-on-one coaching. It's all online and it tackles fitness and nutrition, which are both viewed through a very realistic lens. And this kind of looks different depending on who I'm working with. So one thing I can say is that you're not spending hours in the gym. In fact, you can even use some equipment at home. There's no meal plans. There's no special diets or special supplements to buy, which like some of which we'll talk about today. And it's literally just starting wherever you're at and working on being a healthier version of you, focusing on strength training and healthier nutrition habits. And most people I work with are busy moms and or are also pretty career focused as well. And they usually have a lot on their plate, no pun intended. I can 100% relate to this demographic. Case in point, that's why podcast episodes don't get out as nearly as often as I would like them to. So we figure out how to work around your busy lifestyle and integrate those healthier habits around food and workouts. We get into a little bit of mindset stuff, learn some basic strength training stuff. You will get your own app with your personalized workout in there. And then there's demos actually embedded within the actual workouts. You don't even need to like search online for anything. Like it's all laid out for you. So there's no questions asked. I opened up three spots for that. I have two left. I actually took on two clients. So I'm willing to take on two more for a total of four. So I have two spots open left at this time. And I actually am going to also be raising my rates for new clients in 2024. Anyone that's with me right now is going to be grandfathered in on their pricing. I've always done that. So if you are interested or you have any questions about sustainable strength and nutrition or even payment options, or if it's a right fit for you, anything, all of the above, send me an email and we can figure it out. There's a link in the show notes for more info. You can go ahead and check out the landing page with all of that in there, what's included, pricing, everything like that. And again, you can send me an email if you have questions. I definitely don't mind. Okay, so let's get into it. Supplements. I, like most things in the health fitness industry, I have a love-hate relationship with them. There are a ton out there. Some are well-researched and safe and effective, and a lot are hot garbage. They are either not effective and just a waste of money at best, and at worst, they are downright harmful to some people. So issues I have with those as well, aside from not being effective or not being safe, is that some people who also promote these supplements, some companies that promote these supplements, almost border on like diagnosing and talking about some vague symptoms, which could 
mean anything. And my issue with that is, could you have an underlying issue that really needs to be investigated by a doctor to try and piece those things together with like these seemingly vague symptoms? Are you trying like so? I feel like you can almost try and mask them or delay treatment if you potentially do have a health issue going on. Um, and they can be harmful too sometimes as well because they're not actually doing what they say that they're doing and, and helping people. So I think the best way to go about this, at least in my opinion, so I kind of thought is that there's a shorter list of ones that actually are decent so i'm gonna go with those and then you can kind of like any ones i don't really mention here with the uh, i don't really mention pre-workout i will say that and that's kind of like a gray area some are fine some are not i mean the main reason that they're effective is you get an energy boost from caffeine so you could get the same effect from drinking like a, a caffeinated beverage of your choice mine usually is coffee that's pretty much it with as far as those go and i would be careful which kind of leads me into this is that like no supplements that i'm going to talk about today or really any supplements on the market are fda regulated which kind of sucks that's a whole nother tangent to get into there was like some lobbyists back in i don't know decades ago that like changed that and that's why supplements are not fda regulated because of money surprise surprise but some things that you can look for to try and protect yourself to kind of give you that extra layer of legitimacy to whatever you're taking. Some supplements will have like GMP on there, which means like good manufacturing practices. That one's kind of helpful. A lot of them have that. And I would even take it one step further and look for products that are third party tested. That way, you know that like whatever you're taking, it's, you know, done by an independent lab. It's more like, you know, if they're paying for that, it's more likely that you're buying something legitimate. For me, the gold standard would be to look for the little label that says NSF or USP. They are, they generally indicate a more safe and effective product. So whatever is on the list of ingredients is actually in the product and in the correct amount. NSF for sport is my favorite one because it's kind of rigorous. Basically, these products are approved for professional athletes or collegiate athletes to who are going to take those supplements. And basically, they, they won't um, fail a drug test, which there have been stories, obviously, in the past of different things and contaminants and all sorts of stuff making their way into supplements, either, you know, whether they are purposely done or not um so nsf certified for sports like a little circle says nsf on the label um in a little circle and that's typically what i look out for for that reason and also i guess from personal experience like when i was in college i had a roommate lead when i was at university of delaware i had a sweet mate actually who played on the softball team and i remember like they were super strict and she was taking supplements Actually, she is also a trainer and a gym owner, so shout out to Quinn if you don't follow Bear Fitness. I think it's Bear Fitness DE. It's a CrossFit gym in Delaware. Give her a follow because she's awesome. She's super, super smart. Anyway, 
she also played college sports so she was a softball player and i remember like we were going to get coffee once and she was like i have to be careful like i can't have too much caffeine because it'll show like if it shows up in my drug test that there's too much and like that's an issue so i feel as though like knowing that back when we were in college of course that was like a while ago but like <laughs> it's 4 35 now but knowing that and like that supplements that are labeled as you know nsf certified like that kind of gives me the peace of mind that what i'm taking or what i would recommend to clients is has like that extra level level of like safety and legitimacy so there's also other places to look some like if you go online to a supplement and it just says like third-party testing it's usually a good sign there's also labdoor.com i think like consumerlabs.com does third-party testing and they'll give you like a breakdown. Consumer Labs, I think you have to pay. Labdoor.com, you don't. But anyway, those are other resources that you can go to where you can search like the brand of that supplement, what the supplement is. And it'll give you like a whole nice breakdown of, you know, whether the ingredients are safe and effective, whether what's in that supplement is actually in there. Like it says on all label. It's kind of like the wild, wild west. So you have to look for outside resources for those things. The other thing you can look at too, not necessarily as far as specific brands like these ones that I just I, that I just mentioned, but examine.com, there's a paid version. There's also a free version. I feel like you get plenty of info from the free version. But if you're ever questioning a particular ingredient or a supplement, that's always my go-to because it'll do, they basically do, have done all the research for you. There's like a whole breakdown of you know, what it has been effective for so far that we know of based on current research. So that's also a very helpful resource if not just the brand, but like the like the ingredient itself. And that might be a little time consuming because if you are buying like some sort of supplement that has a bunch of different ingredients in it, it might take time to look that up, but it it might be helpful. Like I was looking up one I'd actually never heard of the other day for our client and it was actually kind of informative. So the unfortunate thing was what I found online and like based on the dosing, the supplement that they had, like there wasn't enough in there, which is also helpful to know like what the dosage should be as well. So you can find that on there too. So anyway, not to go too far off topic, but that is very helpful. So examine.com for any particular ingredient specifically you can do you can check there and then you want to look for third-party testing especially like the nsf certified for sport or usp labels on your supplements because then they're a little bit safer you can also just go to nsf i think it's nsf certified or nsf certified for sport.com and they have a database you can actually just go in there search for a product and see if it's listed as well in their database so a couple different resources for you i will link all of these in the show notes so you don't have to remember them Although, you know, if you just do a quick little Google search for like NSF for sport, it'll take you there. But that'll be in the show notes. Okay. So going over some of the more, I would say, legitimate ones. The first one I have on the list is protein powder. This is like tried and true. They're great, honestly. I They can be very helpful if you're not getting enough protein in your diet. They can be helpful if you want to use them as a snack. They can be helpful if you want to bulk it up, maybe add like a milk of your choice, add some fruit, add some like chia seeds or, you know, nut butter, something like that, blend it up and make like an entire meal out of it for like breakfast in the morning. 
with your protein powder, like I think they're fantastic. And they can either be, most of the time, they're either dairy or plant-based. I have seen some that are like, I think they were like beef-based. So it was definitely more like animal muscle protein type thing. And it was pretty expensive. But whether it's dairy or plant-based, as far as I've seen in research, they're both pretty effective as far as helping with like building muscle especially for strength training tissue repair which is important in general but especially if you are recovering from like an injury or surgery or again strength training that can be very helpful it's also really you know having protein on board is also helps your body composition especially as we age especially as women i am excuse me i am currently at the age in my mid-30s now where we are starting to lose muscle mass if you don't do things like consume enough protein which a lot of women don't consume enough of that's a whole other tangent for another day so trying to get too off topic on that specifically but generally they're safe they're great they deliver the same effects whether it's dairy-based or whether it's plant-based most of them that i have seen it's usually a blend of different plants if it's plant-based and that is what you want to look out for unless it is like soy unless it's like soy protein because you if it's a blend it's more likely to be like a complete protein like if it would be if it were animal based and all that means is that your body tends to use that more effectively to like build muscle and tissue and stuff like that so you want to look for something that says like complete protein on there. If it's animal protein, by default, it's a complete protein. Plant-based soy is a complete protein. I want to say chia seeds. Now I'm second guessing myself. I want to say they're also complete protein. But if you have a blend, especially if it's like seeds and grains and or nuts, something like that, that goes across the board, whether it's a plant protein powder or just in food form then you're probably going to get like a complete source of protein so but the thing with this is you might find that some may upset your stomach like i know certain types of whey whey based protein powders may affect some people and kind of like give them a little bloaty feeling that feels so great and they might try other kinds and they're totally fine and this may even go for like dairy versus plant-based so unfortunately like i think I prefer the taste of whey protein, and usually there's more brands that come in like very fine flavors. However, my body isn't a huge fan of whey protein or even soy protein. It, for whatever reason, like I can have some dairy, but for whatever reason, that whey protein, like a concentrated hit, my belly and my skin don't like it. Same with soy protein. So I opt for a plant blend that is NSF certified for sport, of course. So you might be fine with different types. You might have to experiment what works best for you. So if you've tried protein powder and you didn't like the taste of it or you didn't like the way that it made you feel, you might have to experiment a little bit more. If that is something that you want to incorporate into your diet, it can be very helpful. It's very convenient. It's great. I mean, I would even like mix it in with my oatmeal and stuff like that or make like overnight oats and add it in. So it it is great. Of course, it's not necessary, but... If you are looking for a protein powder and you haven't really found the one, the V1 yet, then maybe look into some other options, other brands 
make sure that they just have those lovely little seals on there that they're third-party tested. The one that I use is OWN, O-W-Y-N. That is the NSF certified for sport. And I'm going to mispronounce this. It's either Vega or Vega, I believe. That one's also plant-based and NSF certified. There's Legion Athletics, which I know is very popular. I personally have not tried their products. They, I believe, last time I checked, they're not NSF certified, but they do do third-party testing that they say is pretty strict and rigorous. And they also have a little GMP seal on them for uh, good manufacturing practices. So just just some options there. Uh, Another supplement that I would say is generally recognized as safe is fish oil. And typically this is recommended for people who don't eat as much fish as they should. Like if you want to go by like dietary recommendations, they say that you should eat like one to two servings of fatty fish per week because it, I mean, well, it comes with protein, but also it is good for your heart, your blood vessels, your brain, stuff like that. So if you aren't consuming fatty fish, then fish oil might be an option. Again, look for things like, you know, NSF, USP, third-party testing. And with this one and with, I would say with most supplements, you want to run it by your healthcare provider just to be on the safe side. Like they'll tell you yay or nay. And the big one with fish oil is obviously if you have an allergy to seafood, especially fish, you don't want to take it. There can also be medication interactions. Like we think sometimes that we can just take a supplement like off the shelf and it's fine and it's safe and that may be the case. But you need to be careful if you start taking fish oil, if you are on anti anticoagulants aka blood thinners because they can interact i want to say it can also interact with statins which are the medications that lower cholesterol so if you are on medications in general or you have health conditions you always want to ask your healthcare provider first before taking a supplement even if it is something that's like seemingly as innocuous as fish oil uh, creatine is another one that's like super well researched generally safe. this is I feel like underrated. I don't know. I feel like it's starting to get more of like a moment in the health and fitness world. Like people are starting to talk about it for at least in my bubble <laughs> that I'm on on social media. Just because it's been out for years, the document or the the research and data and everything is there that it is safe and it is effective when it comes to recovery and performance with workouts. And lately, the interesting thing is that there have been some studies that have shown it's actually beneficial for our brains, especially as we eat, which is super interesting. So there's, it's been interesting to see like more research come out on that too. So it can be an extremely beneficial supplement. The biggest side effect I think that people complain about is that you might feel like a little bloated or you might notice the scale increase a little bit because part of the thing with creatine is that it does like to hold under water. So which is nice. Like if you get done, that's like, if you ever heard someone talk about like the pump after they get done working out, like sometimes you can just have that naturally from whatever workout you're doing, especially if you're doing like God drop sets will get you. But creatine might also cause that too, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but just kind of like be aware of it. This is another thing you want to check with your doctor first, especially if you have kidney or liver issues or actually found when I was kind of doing a quick search, doing some research just to brush up on some of this stuff, actually found that 
there might be some evidence that it can increase mania in those who have bipolar disorder. So it might be something to check out. Again, generally safe for general population, but if you have some medical conditions, you're on medications, talk to your healthcare provider. A multivitamin, we kind of just refer to them as a multivitamin, but it's really like a multivitamin slash multivitamin. I have changed my stance on this. I used to say like several years ago that like everyone needs one. And now I'm kind of like, maybe, I don't know. They may be helpful. You might not necessarily need it. If you're a, a woman of childbearing age and you plan, especially if you plan on having a baby, then you need to be taking prenatal vitamins. You might be deficient in certain substances, but not necessarily others. So it might be something to discuss with your doctor. Like in the past for me, for example, I was taking a multivitamin and I was still like borderline low on vitamin D and we weren't even into like fall and winter yet. So my doctor at the time was like, you should probably take that too. So you might be low in certain things and you might not necessarily need a multivitamin or, you know, you know, you might just need one specifically for something or your doctor be like, oh, it's fine. Just, just take one. So again, discuss it with your doctor. I have had clients in the past who couldn't take them because of certain health conditions. And then there were some that needed them for certain health conditions or others where it just like neither here nor there, it wasn't really necessary for them to take. So it's like a nice to have. I don't really know if it's necessary just to make a blanket statement that like everyone should take a multivitamin slash like multi-mineral supplement anymore. Pregnancy and breastfeeding, yes, absolutely. But please be taking like high quality prenatal. You know, if you have health issues or certain medical conditions or even some medications that may interact with with different vitamins and minerals, you might need to bump up your intake of them by supplementation. So again, talk to your healthcare provider about those. But in general, if you are, you know, you're not, if there isn't any concern of you having any medical condition or you having any medication that may interfere with that, then it's generally not going to hurt to take them. I'll put it that way. Like they're generally safe as long as you don't have any underlying things that could interact with them, but it may not be a necessity but that way. And probiotics, I kind of hold the same stance on those. So they can be helpful with certain GI issues like bloating, gas, diarrhea, just like general feeling off for a certain amount of time. And they can also help minimize the uncomfortable GI side effects like those I just listed if you go on antibiotics to treat an infection. We have some research out there that shows the benefits of probiotics. And we have some studies out there about like the gut and the microbiome. And I think some claims are a bit wild. Again, like just general like GI discomfort, like bloating, gas, diarrhea, stuff like that, it can be helpful with if it's, this is like kind of the gray area. If those are being caused by like an underlying condition that is going on with your GI tract, then obviously that needs to be addressed with a healthcare provider. So physician, NP, PA, what have you, needs to be addressed. Some claims I have 
heard certain companies or people selling and promoting certain probiotics has been kind of wild. Everything from like weight loss to just curing, downright curing different illnesses. Like the American Gastroenterology American Gastron, the AGA, the American Gastrological Association. I think I'm saying that right. They don't even really support the stance of taking probiotics for things like IBS, colitis, stuff like that. So for people who are not healthcare providers to be making claims like that and claiming to cure symptoms or cure medical conditions like that is very problematic and it's not true. I've also seen people claim that certain brands of probiotics will also like cure depression and stuff like that. And that's also quite problematic. So we know that there's like a correlation. We know that there are neurotransmitters in our brain, like serotonin that can affect like anxiety and depression. We also have serotonin in our gut. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like an automatic thing that like if we heal, quote unquote, heal our gut with probiotics, that's going to make our depression and anxiety go away. Like it, if that makes sense, like it doesn't necessarily mean that. And I feel as though some people out there, usually in the internet, are kind of like extrapolating from that. And I'm like, we don't know that yet. So let's please not make those claims and have someone who is clinically depressed trying to cure their depression with probiotics that are most likely not going to work and it delays their care and it's awful. So yes, I feel some type of way about that if you couldn't tell. So more more research is needed on how those types of things relate to one another. And there, I will say there are certain strains of probiotics that may be beneficial for certain, certain issues that you are having. But again, that's going to be based on a recommendation from your healthcare provider. I have included a link to the American Gastrological Society, which gives their stance on probiotics. And it's kind of interesting because they do break down kind of like what has minimal or decent evidence for certain issues and the probiotics that were used in those studies. So if you are so interested to go down that rabbit hole, it's not horrible. Like it's not a super in-depth like research article the way that it's kind of set up. I mean, it is in a, a, a scientific journal, but I feel as though it's not terrible to kind of get through. Like at face value, you can pick apart like what info is relevant to you, but that might be interesting. So that will be linked in the show notes. But basically they're saying that like the evidence for certain things just isn't there. So if you choose to use these, it's a bit trickier because I personally haven't seen any that really bear like that NSF certified label, like other supplements are. Maybe some might have USP. I can't remember. They may or may not. I've done some research and it seems like more recommended brands are just ones that you can buy at your local pharmacy or on Amazon. And it's cultural and Align. Like you can pick them up off the shelves. You don't need to go and buy some like overpriced supplements or anything like that when based on what I've seen as far as recommendations from other doctors when they do 
talk about probiotics, those are probably just fine. So don't don't overthink it. So those are the main ones that are, again, generally safe. Might be some things to look out for. Might be some things to consider, especially if you have health conditions. I don't want to make a blanket statement and just say like, yeah, it's fine. Take it. No harm, no foul. Because it might not be the case. There's always nuance. As for anything else, I haven't really found other supplements out there where they are safe or effective, basically. So if you have been following me on this podcast or if you've been following me on social media, you already know how I feel. If something says like detox or cleanse, like we know that's automatic, definite no, because it's probably just going to make you go to the bathroom and it's, you're not really like cleansing or detoxing anything because you have certain organs that do that for you. Eating a healthy diet, eating a nutrient-dense diet, getting enough sleep, trying to manage your stress, taking care of yourself physically and mentally, getting some exercise. Those things will help support your body, including those organs that do the detoxification process for you. So there isn't really much as far as like fancy detox protocols. And it's hard for me as a nurse who works in substance abuse and mental health outside of running my own business. People say detox. I'm like, that is not what you think that it means. Like it's, it's no detox is technically something like you need to be inpatient somewhere, whether it be detox from substance abuse and you need to go inpatient in a more like mental health setting or you know detox from like alcohol poisoning heavy metals like all that stuff can happen but there's they each have their own specific protocol in them in order for you to actually physically detox that substance out of your body and do it in a safe way so if anyone's just like oh i'm just like detox your toxin i'm like what toxins are we talking about and also what are we detoxing? How do we know if this is an issue? Why are you using the same like detox protocol for all these things? Like that doesn't, it doesn't exist. So we know anything that says detox or cleanse, we're just going to stay away from. The newer thing that has been out, and I did a little Instagram post on this the other day, is I've been seeing either products or dietary protocols claiming to balance hormones and that's also kind of like a meaningless thing like especially as women our hormones are in flux like i mean in humans our hormones are in flux throughout the day as women they're in flux throughout the month definitely as you are getting into like perimenopause they're probably all over the place and these are normal processes so like what are we ta- like what hormones are we talking about we have a lot of them what ones are in balance what ones are not are you you know most of the time people that are saying this stuff they're not healthcare providers so I'm like you're not running lab work you're not you know qualified to interpret said lab work so that whole like balancing hormones thing I, I also um don't like because it's not evidence-based and it doesn't really mean anything when you break it down when you have kind of like coming at it from like a scientific or medical background like it doesn't make sense when you say those types of things like it just it's very gray area and it, it doesn't exist and then 
kind of my beef with that as well is like if you're having an issue with your hormones and you need to go see a specialist for that like that's why they have endocrinologists that's why they have depending you know the gynecologist they have there are gynecologists who are you know they have more training and expertise even in like menopause so like even if it's related to that you can find a provider that is more well versed in that stuff where you can get effective treatment and if you're still and this goes across the board like forever and ever always if you are not getting the answers that you want you feel as though you were being brushed off by your healthcare provider because i understand that people who take supplements follow people who claim to balance their hormones because they feel like crap I understand why people do that. I really do because they are probably either scared to go get it investigated by a doctor. There's some level of distrust there. Maybe they're not getting the answers that they want. Their doctor's kind of brushing them off. Like there are problematic things within the like medical healthcare industry that I realize that I'm a part of, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I can't out against it there are there's some problematic shit that happens in there this just being one of them so i i understand why people seek out other options if they are not being heard and they still feel like trash because regardless of what a doctor tells you or even me saying like hey this thing doesn't exist the reality is you still feel like garbage and no like i'm not discounting that i believe you i believe that you feel like trash However, I also want you to make sure that you are being taken care of in an appropriate way by someone who is qualified to get to the bottom of what you're going through. And that's not usually someone on the internet that's selling a dietary protocol or a supplement. So that's kind of my two cents on that. Any other supplements I've seen? Again, I said pre-workout was kind of like iffy. It depends. It's like the caffeine kind of gives you an energy boost, which totally makes sense. I feel the same way. I you know I kind of focused on women about like the whole like balancing your hormones thing because I feel like that tends to be marketed towards women. Most of my clients are women. Most of my audience is women. But I've seen also too like testosterone supplements be like marketed towards men. And I feel the same way about them. Don't just start taking that. Please go to a doctor, get checked out or you start taking that stuff. Ugh. Detoxes and cleanses are a no-no. Anything, I feel like anything that promises to like treat or not diagnose, I guess like treat certain ailments or certain symptoms of certain ailments. For example, one, because of probably what I look at on the internet, I keep getting, I'm using this as an example, I keep getting advertisements for thesis, which is a supplement they're called new for your mind and they're basically marketing it like this oh sorry there's a dogs for like adhd and they're not saying that it's to cure or treat adhd but in their marketing they're listing classic signs and symptoms of adhd and then they're also doing like comparison almost like a side by side so sorry they're almost a comparison of people on ADHD meds like Adderall and how it's like negative and not good and then people who are on thesis and it's wonderful and I'm like I don't know man like obviously there's different meds out there for different people but I'm like I don't think some supplement is going to do what Adderall 
can do for me as far as concentration and focus and stuff like that. So that's like a prime example that sticks out in my mind. So they're kind of skirting around it. Like they're not telling you that it can treat ADHD blatantly, but in their marketing, they're using ADHD meds as a comparison. And they're also listing ADHD symptoms, which if you suffer from ADHD, you definitely know what they are. So anything out there supplement wise that you see kind of doing the same thing where it might be listing some symptoms, signs and symptoms of like a certain medical condition that you may or may not have. A big one is always fatigue. And I'm like, yeah, we're all tired. Like life is stressful. I see that listed like across the board. So I just, I urge you to look into that stuff a little bit more. Yeah, that's my biggest, biggest takeaway. At the end of the day, all of these supplements that I listed that are generally like safe and effective, you also don't necessarily need them. Like, yes, they're helpful. They can be helpful. There may be certain instances, for example, like a doctor may actually prescribe or recommend you take probiotics if they are also putting you on an antibiotic to try and like mitigate those GI symptoms. So yeah, like of course, but they're not necessary because if you are having a true physical or mental illness or condition, then you need to get it treated by a healthcare provider. So these things are like nice to have. They're like the cherry on top. But you also want to make sure, like I said, with like some lifestyle stuff, like you also want to make sure that you're like being active, eating nutrient-dense foods, hydrating, sleeping, managing stress, taking care of like your mental health as well. So and none of those supplements are going to do that for you, even the ones that are effective. So you see claims out there that are like too good to be true or claiming to like fix you. It's a red flag. Also, if they're not third-party tested, have some seal on it like NSF certified or or USP, also kind of a red flag. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. I know like the world of supplements is kind of crazy and it's very confusing. And when I first got into like fitness and nutrition years ago, it was I took a lot of supplements. <laughs> Because I was just like, oh, a car blocker. Great. Um, what was it? I took a thermogenic one time, also on top of coffee, and like I thought I was gonna die. It was fine. I was just very sweaty and kind of jittery, so not a good time. And now I'm like, oh silly, like you didn't know. I was in my early twenties. This is like 10 plus years ago. So I'm like, you didn't know, it's fine. So don't make it don't waste your time, make the same mistakes I did with that sort of stuff. So fat burners, car blockers, there's not enough evidence for those things. Like, don't take them. They usually just have like a shitload of caffeine in them that's going to make your heart race and you're going to feel anxious. That's not a good time. Maybe you'll sweaty too. So just be mindful of what you're taking. Like I said, it's a short list. The ones that I listed are like kind of the tried and true ones. And even those aren't necessarily necessary. If you have any questions about this, please feel free to shoot me an email. I will put that in the show notes. Also, my social media handles will also be included in the show notes. Some helpful links will also be there if I talk about them in this podcast episode. And also links to my email list if you want access to more content or 
want first dibs on certain programs that I'm I'm coming out with. I am about to shut down the one-on-one coaching. Like I said, I'm like, if I get like one or two more people, then I'll probably shut it down for a minute, open it back up later. But I like to let my clients kind of like settle in, <laughs> make sure I can devote enough attention to them because that's what they deserve. So don't take on like a crap ton of one-on-one clients at one time. And as we are getting further on in the year, it is now at the time of this recording, it is September 29th. I will be talking about a holiday like fitness and health challenge, which I tend to do. I think there was like only one year I didn't do it, but I tend to do that every year. It's a group challenge. It's always a good time. And last year I added in uh, a prize too. So if you kind of like complete all the things, complete the challenge and you're entered to win, I'll probably do the same thing this year, like a $50 gift card, some of the proceeds of your admission in your registration fee is going to go towards a charity. Again, I might do the same thing I did last year because it was really enjoyable. I did an adoptive family with the Delaware Down Syndrome Association, and that was a lot of fun to shop for. So probably going to be doing the same thing. So if you want more info on that, follow me on social media. I'll be talking about that soon. Obviously, subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on email. The link will be there. Yeah. And also, if you found this helpful, please share, subscribe, rate the podcast, rate it on YouTube. It really does help. Like, I'm trying my best to get out, like, evidence-based information. I don't like it when people are duped or taken advantage of, obviously, the whole point of this whole episode. So, yeah, if you found it helpful, please share, please rate. It does, that kind of stuff really does help get the message out to other people who might be interested in this sort of thing and maybe have questions and you know i strive to be a trustworthy source and not you know follow a bunch of bs so that is that until next time hopefully it won't be i say this every time (laughs) hopefully it won't be as long of a gap in between episodes and i'll see you guys soon be safe and be well